Stay on. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the cut i'm your host christian williams and i am here as always with randy hall randy how are you man doing good long 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 weekend uh, followed by another long weekend next weekend but hopefully hopefully some more fun this next yeah. weekend uh but definitely happy to finally be doing this show <laughs> so yes. three weeks in a row that we've had to delay a friday show to saturday or sunday but yes here's hoping next week is not the same <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I, I work Saturday morning too, so um, we're we're gonna determine that throughout the week. But yes, this is the Friday fix on a Sunday. Uh, that's what we're calling it now. We're not trying to mess with franchise fix. It's just the Friday fix on Sunday. Uh, and so today we're talking about the Detroit Lions. Uh, we kind of we went through some teams. There was one where we didn't. There was no need for a quarterback. There was one where there was a clear need for a quarterback. And now we're kind of in this, this Lions team that there might be a need for a quarterback. We might go in that direction, but there is a lot more flexibility. So if this is your first Friday fix, we do go through the state of the team, some of their current cap hit free agency and also hit their five round mock draft. We're almost to the seven rounders combine soon. Um, and so we're going to have a lot more. Yeah. A lot more information on a lot of these players. So, Let's get into it. Uh, state of the team. So uh, according to Pro Football Focus, the Lions were good. And if you watched the Lions play, that was the team that everyone was kind of hoping snuck into the playoffs. They were a very fun team to watch. Their offense was explosive. Their defense made strides down the stretch. But um, their overall grade, 81, 14th overall in the NFL, which makes sense um, because they, they should have been a playoff team. Their best was their rushing grade, uh, 84.2. And then their worst was their coverage grade, 48.8. I have a feeling that will come into play as we go through this episode. Um, current depth chart is pretty similar. They So they do have a few free agents uh, that started for them this last year. But obviously, they have a bit of a slate. They have two first-round picks. They have returning staff members um, across the board. So uh, there's a lot of excitement around this Detroit Lions team, and I think that's rightfully so. Randy, anything to add before we jump ahead? Uh, they're, they're still a relatively young team in all aspects of uh, their lineup. The, the line is a bit of a mixed bag of young and old, so that's going to keep growing. Uh, you're basically getting a third first-round pick this year with James Williams, uh, basically being a rookie this year. Um there's a lot of reset of positions and things that went well last year, like their drafts of the edge rushers and the linebacking core with Malcolm Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez, sorry, uh, Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston. So I think they nailed a lot of that. And while the coverage wasn't great, it's, 
It's a little bit of a mixed bag. Jeff Okuda came back uh, looking more like his full self of what they expected as a rookie from him. Looked healthy for most of the year. The rest of the secondary had a lot of flashes, but wasn't as healthy as Okuda, who also was a little banged up. So I think depth as well as maybe a retooling here and there is a good thing there. But overall, uh, you know, it's the same thing as last year. We're going in like, okay, you got some good bones here. And you should make a playoff push, especially after what we saw at the back half of last year, where I think they won, what, like eight straight or something like that. So I think that's a really good building ground. They did lose, I believe, like one coordinator, a couple coaches, but I'm sure they'll be perfectly fine replacing those positions and really be full set on this year with all the draft capital and free agency buying power they have currently and they could have with a couple moves. Yeah, so a lot of good points there. The one I wanted to just pause on for a second is the Jeff Okuda situation because I think we kind of all expected that Jeff Okuda would come back strong. He had an okay year, but it it was kind of a a difficult first half to the season because teams knew, hey, we can win all these different places within your secondary because there is no one opposite Jeff Okuda. And then what that does – is it really wears down Jeff Okuda on that other side. Okuda played well considering the talent around him, but it, as we start to kind of work through this offseason, I very much so think secondary additions are coming to kind of help elevate his play because I think that we saw signs that he can be a number one corner. I don't know if they're betting on that anymore moving forward because I think he did struggle at times last year, but uh, it, it's an exciting young player because – I know he played this season, but that was pretty much like his rookie season too with all the injuries. So, And I think his season was highlighted by shutting down Justin Jefferson one game earlier in the year. Second game, not as well, but I still think he played relatively well. And again, you know, it's almost his rookie year like we kind of went over. It's like it's what we kind of expected of him coming out and then – Injuries and a little bit of poor play has led to us doubting those kind of assumptions. So let's hope that maybe adding in parts of the secondary can really build this to the next level. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into their current cap situation. Randy, hit us with the numbers. Um, I believe their current cap is about $23 million, roughly. Uh, again, I made this doc early in the week, and they've made some moves since then, including cutting Michael Brockers, which was a big cap help to their team uh but th- they still have a, a good amount of free agents and we went over some of the lineup and starters that are going to be free agents Jamal williams dj chark john kaminsky alex anzalone deshaun elliott will harris and michael bagley their kicker of those i would say jamal williams john kaminsky and alex anzalone all had career seasons so that could, and to a certain extent, Deshaun Elliott. So that could become costly trying to retain some people. Yeah, um, their total cap space currently is twenty two one fifty nine fifty one. So about twenty two million. You were correct there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's a lot of moves that they can kind of make to uh, increase what what that cap number is. Um, on the other side of things, like they they do need to keep quite a few people. Uh, what do you think they're going to do with Imani Oruwariye? I think he's gone. Um, unless he's coming back on like a really cheap 
prove it like one year, $1.5, million contract. I don't think there's any way they're keeping him just because of where they're positioned in the draft. I think they're taking at least one or two corners this draft. And I, I think he'd be a late signing if they do. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think both sides could benefit from a return, but it's going to have to be cheap and really be all bonus incentive for this really to make sense for them. Yeah, he was pretty atrocious this year. Um, one of the worst corners in the NFL. Even last year, worst corner this year, it felt like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, did we? Did you hit all of these names or just the ones that started? Just the starters? <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so uh, I mentioned Amani Oruarie, uh, Mike Hughes, CJ Moore, Chris Board, Josh Woods, Gerard Davis, Isaiah Bugs, Austin Bryant, Justin Jackson, Nate Sudfeld, and Evan Brown. They also have a ton of restricted free agents for most teams. Uh, Dan Skipper, Matt Nelson, Benito Jones, Tommy Kramer, Brock Wright, Scott Daly, Anthony Pittman, Trinity Benson, and Bobby Price. Uh, we always have a question in here, who should they keep? Not many of these guys. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, like we'll we'll bring back a couple when we get to this free agency piece, but uh, most of this is discussing what their holes are and where they can create some cap room. So, um, in this fix, Randy, who did you end up cutting? Uh, so I, we both started off with Brockers. I thought that was the most obvious one, and it already happened. Uh, I also went with uh, Big V. Um, Vitae, uh, we're just going to go with that one. Uh, yeah. I know how to pronounce the whole name, but it always escapes me. Um, but he, honestly, we did a fixing lines last year, and we both talked about him as a cut candidate then. And I think we kind of, I think I went with a cut then, and you went with a keep. But he actually had, you know, almost a career resurgent year last year of sorts uh, to kind of validate the money. That was not the case this year. A little bit injury-laden as well, but... Uh, 6.5 million savings is going to be worth it here. I think you can replace his production as a guard with less than that, or at least equivalent of that, and not have a little bit of the dead cap in case you need to move on from that person for the future. Uh, then I also cut Charles Harris, kind of the same thing. They signed him as a much needed, you know, big part of this edge group, but with the nailing of the last year's edge class with what they brought in and the possibility of bringing in more help this year in the first three rounds, you know, one or multiple edge rushers. I think it makes sense to move on from him and say 4 million. Um, he, they need some help, a little bit of flexibility and he does bring that, but I just don't think he got enough production this year to warrant just keeping him on for no, for, the fact of being a good locker room guy, because I think they have so many of those. And I think there's other guys you could bring back to keep the peace in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, like that should be the least of their worries. I, I think they've pretty much got the locker room um, just with Dan yes. Campbell and, and things like that. So yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, I went with the same three and then I added Quintez Cephas in there just because I think they're going to need to make some room for, additional guys i know they're they're losing dj chark i don't think he'll be back just with jameson coming in but i do think they'll fill the room with uh with some different types of bodies and quintus Sivas doesn't really fit that i don't think yeah I, I, I think and i think they would bring back chark but at like five million six million he's right. rumored to be getting about 10 or more if it's a bidding war and yeah. 
I just don't think they can afford it because I think they should wisely spend the money elsewhere uh, because really with James Williams, you should have two top tier uh, wide receivers with a lot of slots in there as well to help kind of bolster. And I think you could still uh, do with acquiring one in the drafts as well. So it's just not a big priority. So I, I do think he's a cuttable person, but I don't know if it's going to be before June 1st. It might be, you know, preseason after they've kind of fleshed out the receiver room a bit more. But either way, I do think he might be gone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, free agent additions. Randy, who did you add also? So you're starting with what? Yes. 34 million of cash? Roughly. Rows? I think yeah. it's about 34. Um, yeah. And I spent damn near all of it. Um, and a lot of that is bringing people back, which I try to do. Uh, again, I'm a big keep the piece of the locker room. Don't. The locker room, like you said, I think they have unlocked, but if you're retooling it every single year and losing veteran leaders uh it's going to be a problem now everyone understands it's a business and guys like brockers and the guys we talked about that save enough that it makes a difference uh to really take them off the cab i think it's a big thing but uh i brought back jamal williams for one year four million i think his value is about four million he was the touchdown leader for running backs but really from one yard uh so in a sense he was basically jalen hurts um he had a really good year, but he is a really big part of their leadership of that team. So that's why I think that's why he gets brought back. I do think he'll be looking for a multi-year deal. I just don't know if it's the best fit for the Lions, especially with a lot of kind of smoke of them wanting Bajan if he's sitting there um, or at least looking at him. <laughs> so yeah. when you have that kind of thing and you're not sure about Swift and you bring back Williams, you might still do that, but then you have a lot of money invested in the running back room, and that's not always the best thing. I uh, brought back John Kaminsky, uh, another guy I talked about having a career year, two years, $4 million for him. He's really cheap, but he was really versatile for that D-line and filled in inside and out when they needed it. Deshaun Elliott I brought back. I, I wanted to go somewhere else, but he's cheaper than the better candidates, and in order to fill – Multiple holes and bring back multiple people. I think he's the best candidate. Three years, twenty-seven million, so about nine million a year. You could front load, back load, whatever you need to do with that. Um, but his value is about eight to ten million right now, and I think bringing him back is a smart move. Especially, he played relatively well, but they don't have a lot of depth at safety. It's basically him and then the two free safeties. So bringing back this guy kind of guarantees you more, especially with guys. Like Brian Branch kind of having a weird, where is he going to get picked in the draft? I think he's a perfect fit for them, but you're not picking him at six. And is he going to be there at 18? I think there's a chance, but it's not guaranteed to bring a guy like Elliot in to start bringing right back. It's a smart thing. I also brought back Isaiah Bugs. Uh, kind of the same thing, two or six million, kind of the same thing as Kaminsky. He rotated slightly at edge as more of a big edge, but he was really a, a pass rush kind of guy for them, a D-tackle. Uh, and a D-tackle three that they really used a lot. So I think he's a vital part of this. And then I brought back Nate Sutfield, one year, one million. Eh, I don't know <laughs> on that one. I just, they, I'm not just going to roll into the season with just Jared Goff. You have to have someone right. else you trust. So sure. with that, uh, new blood, I brought in Drew Tranquil, two years, nine million. I wanted Anzalone. Um and in my eyes, I would bring him back if it was anywhere from two to six million a year. 
But there's reports of him maybe getting up to eight to ten million a year, just because he had a career year of like 140 plus tackles and everything. And at that part, at that money, it's just I'd rather let him chase the bag a little bit and retool and refresh, get younger, get quicker, not just a tackle heavy guy. Because I think you can get that in the draft. I think there's a few really tackle hungry guys like that, like Jack Campbell. I think you'd get in the late second, third round. And or later and really bolster that part of your locker room and that part of your linebacker room. But I'd rather get speed there because that's what you have in Rodrigo. And I think just complementing that is the best thing, especially with how the NFL is transitioning linebacker. Tranquil has been the kind of linebacker too over in Los Angeles a lot. They have to re-sign uh, Adderley. They have to do a lot of cat flexibility things. I think they prioritize the safety, let the linebacker go. I think the Lions can capitalize on that. Trey Turner, two years, five million. He's he can always be a starter for your team, but he's never the best lineman on your team. I think he can come in as a starting guard in case you can't get the guy in the draft. Uh, but at least you can replace what you got from Big V a little bit there and be fine with it. Uh, Darius Slayton, two years, seven million, uh, two years, five million for Trey Turner. In case I didn't say that, two years, seven million. Darius Slayton. I think that replaces DJ Chark. I think it's a budget value of what you're getting from DJ Chark and help bolster your wide receiver room with a different body type from the slots, as well as not put all the pressure on James Williams to really perform day one this season. And I think he deserves to move away from that Giants team and get some fresh blood in a quarterback that doesn't want ridiculous money. Um, and then Cameron Fleming, one year, two and a half million to be a backup tackle, swing tackle for you. They desperately need it. Yeah. You signed a lot of people. Nine um, people, $32 million. <laughs> yeah. And I went with a different route. I, I went six people, $34 million, uh, $34.5 million. Um, so I started with Jamal Williams. I do think they give him a multi-year deal. I think that, I mean, we know that Jamal Williams is their starter at this point. There have been reports that swift and them don't have a future past this uh this season this upcoming season so that'll play a role into where i go next as well but i do think jamal williams should come back um that team kind of needs a guy like jamal williams for sure then i went to richie james uh one year four million probably low uh for a wide receiver wide receivers tend to get paid but richie james had a really good year for the giants uh when called upon I think he's that type of guy where you can replace uh, Cephas with Richie James for a few more million dollars a year. And then you have a more reliable backup option because as of right now, the offense is going to run through Amon Ross St. Brown, the running backs and Jamison Williams, hopefully. Uh, and then whoever else they may add via the draft. Uh, John Kaminsky, I also brought back two years, 4 million. Alex Anzalone, I did end up bringing him back at about $4 million per year. I He was on the field a lot, and he was good, and he racked up a lot of tackles. But I also think that a lot of teams will see through some of his flaws. Um, a lot of his, his tackles were just mop-up duty. And so I don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. get that big deal. Uh, so I think that there's a chance that he ends up back with the Lions, who have shown that they really like Alex Anzalone. So... Um, I mean, he played more snaps for them than I think anyone on the entire team, uh, which is yeah, he, pretty He crazy. was their centerpiece, and yeah. he played like it. You know, I don't think he carried the defense by any means, uh, mm-hmm. which also the defense in total was terrible. So 
<laughs> but right. he was their centerpiece. He was their no doubt starting linebacker. Everyone else had to fight for the positions. And so yeah. I think it completely four million. I'm all in. Bring him back multi year, four million a year. I love it. But it's the eight million. I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, he's also, I mean, he's 28 years old. He's he's kind of getting up there. So like that's why like i don't see a huge deal coming for him but maybe i'm wrong um the nfl does crazy for what it's worth i think levante david's valued at like 14 million right and he's like 31 yeah yeah but he's He's better so good yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i mean he's better i'm just saying would you pay 8 million for him or 14 i'd rather pay the 14 if i'm being honest Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, my last two, I signed Eli Apple two years, 20 million. His market value is a little higher than that, but Eli Apple is, uh, he is what he is. Um, he's a good corner that can come in, be an upgrade on literally every single player, except maybe Jeffrey Okuda here this next season, he would be a starting corner for you. And remember that free agency happens before the draft. So you cannot guarantee that you're going to get your guys, right? So these, these are moves. I think they should flip it. I think the draft should come first and then free agency. But with how we currently stand, I do think that teams will add to positions, even if we think they may draft them highly. Um, and then Isaac Sayamalo, uh, three years, 36 million to come in and start at guard. I, I cut Big V. I don't think that they're going to bring back, uh, what's his name? Uh, Evan, Evan Brown. Brown, is that his now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's kind of, I, I think that Isaac Sayamalo kind of fits exactly what they want to do on offense. I think he's going to, he's already going to be outpriced for, for what Philly's willing to spend on him as well, especially with their, their backup options. Um, and so he, he comes over and, and starts at right guard immediately. So, uh, and that's it for me. That's uh, six guys there. So time to draft Randy. We've kind of talked through their team needs as we've gone through here. Obviously the entire defense specifically their uh, secondary. What are some of the other like secondary and tertiary needs? Yeah. Uh, so just quickly to capitalize on that, uh, emphasize that point, I guess uh, this offense put up points all season, but minus a couple games here and there, but it happens to everyone. The defense gave up points all day, every day. This was always a shootout. So if they can get this defense better, they're easily a playoff team this last year. So that's why that's we are saying that that's the focus. Obviously, there is some holes in the offense that they should go for, but a lot of it is either getting depth or possible future pieces on the offense. But, yeah, corner, safety, linebacker, D-tackle, edge are the – the biggest ones for us <laughs> uh, tight end, I think is the next one just because I don't think you have like the necessarily Hawkinson like replacement on the roster, like the, the next level uh, weapon, not just red zone guy or dink and dunk guy uh, on this roster, but they thought they didn't need that last year. So I don't know if that's a big focus for them, but I do think in the middle of rounds, third, uh, maybe late second, uh, or day three, I think it's going to be a big uh, who are they picking to be that kind of guy and that kind of weapon for this offense. Uh, guard or center, so guard, starting guard, if you didn't buy one in free agency or you just have a stopgap one like me or just need depth. I think they do need depth there as well. And they need heir apparent to Ragnar at center, in my opinion, as well, who's, I believe, 28, 29. 
Uh, I think so. It's a good idea to start that kind of process. Uh, backup quarterback, possible quarterback of the future if it fits. Wide receiver, fleshing out that room. Swing tackle slash left tackle of the future if you're not going to move Panay. Uh, and then running back if you're trying to get away from Swift or Jamal Williams and get some depth. Uh, they have Craig Reynolds and others, but I know they like, but not the best talent, just more of guys they like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first here? You can go first. I always go first. That's fair. Okay, so I so something that we have yet to talk about, we have not talked about this yet, there is a chance that the Lions roll with a quarterback here. Uh, with the sixth overall pick. I think it's lower. I think they do like Jared Goff, and Jared Goff performed really, really well last year. I also think from a team-building perspective, it would be irresponsible not to at least investigate if one of these guys, and I think that they are doing all the work on all the quarterbacks, and they're a perfect situation for whichever quarterback goes there. They have a good offensive line. They've got a slew of weapons. They've got uh, an offense that produced, and they've got a creative play caller. That said, I don't know if by the time we get to pick six, if any of the four quarterbacks are going to be there. I think there's a, a really good chance that maybe one is still remaining, and that gives them an opportunity to trade back if they want. But... I also think that they could just stand pat and say, okay, then we're going to get the best player available. Um, I also don't know. Once again, I don't know if they want to go with quarterback. I think they like Jared Goff. So um, they, they definitely do. I will say six, you know, at this point when we're in the draft, we will know if the Raiders have a veteran quarterback and they pick at seven or if they even pick at seven yeah. to that extent, which I think they still will, but it's another part of the debate. Um but, you know, at that point, if they still need a quarterback at seven, this do you pick, say, Richardson at six or Stroud at six, or do you move to nine and take one of the two or three guys you're thinking at six and get a good amount more to help for the future? I think that's more of where they're going to build from, but yeah, we didn't do that, so... <laughs> Yeah, there's also the opportunity to, you know, continue stacking picks, multiple picks in, in each year. And so if they see that opportunity, maybe the guy they like is actually the kid playing out for USC and Caleb Williams or Drake May or something like that. And they kick the can down the road for another year. So that's why I went with uh, Devin Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois here at 106. Uh, I, I watched his film. I don't um, I obviously don't remember where I have him ranked. He's I think my corner two right now maybe one um he's up there he's he's a smaller guy but a guy that has been getting a ton of buzz as a potential top 10 pick after he started in the back end the first people got around to his film he's a very very instinctive corner that i think immediately comes in and starts for you so i signed eli apple they still draft Devin Witherspoon, and now they have a contingency plan for if one of those guys goes down, you can get creative. I think Witherspoon might have the ability to play in the slot a little bit. Um, and so you kind of are just building up that secondary piece by piece. Then at – I'm just going to go through the whole draft. And then at 118, uh, Brian Branch was there almost every iteration. I don't believe Brian Branch is going to be there, if I'm being honest. I think he's one of the top five or six players in the draft, and I think that some team may take him uh, just outside the top ten or maybe even inside the top ten. Um, but 
we were using mock draft mach- machines and I he was there every time. So I'm cheating and I'm going to take him here at 118 because I, I do love the fit. He's the perfect versatile piece for this defense. You've got Aiden Hutchinson coming in and creating pressure. You've got Brian Branch with the ability to come right behind him and, and mop up sacks. You've also got him uh, with the ability to play in zone coverage and play man coverage. And he's one of the more re- well-rounded safety prospects that I've watched in a, a while. Um, Al Hamilton's still probably the best, though. We talked about this last week. Um, here at 48, uh, pick 48 here in the second round, I went with DeMarvian Overshone, the linebacker from Texas. I have yet to put a final grade on him, but he's the type of athlete, the fast athlete that this team kind of needs on their defense. He's probably going to be on the lighter side, but they've already shown that they don't invest too much into, you know, a lack of size with Amon Ross St. Brown and Malcolm Rodriguez is a small dude too. Um, but Overshone gets after it. He is uh, certainly, he would probably be the fastest linebacker in that room immediately. Uh, it seems like a guy that they would like. Uh, pick 55, Kalaja Kansi, the D tackle from Pittsburgh. I feel like I used him already, uh, but we just talked about uh, Jervin Dexter last week, I think. So, uh, I went with Cansey here. He's a once again small guy, but I don't think it matters. I think that he's going to be able to generate pressure because he's very fast in the run game. He's not going to help you as much as you would like, uh, but he can be a rotational three tech type of guy that can rush the passer, passer and kind of uh, enhance what Aiden Hutchinson's able to do and what the the other guys on the opposite side are able to do as well. Eighty one Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa. Guy that's kind of being slept on, I think. Iowa's offense was atrocious, but Laporta has the route running skills. He has the pass catching skills. I think he's going to be a day two pick. Uh, Where he ends up landing, I'm not entirely certain, but uh, this feels like a guy that they would like in that room because of how they use their tight ends. Um, They don't put a ton of stress on them, but they want them to be reliable red zone threats. Um, Jared Goff kind of shows... He likes to go to his tight ends down there in the red zone, and Laporta is, I believe, one of the more um, consistent guys in this class. And then they don't have another pick until the fifth round, pick 154. And I went with Dwayne McBride, the running back from from UAB. I'm not sure what type of running back they're going to look at, but I feel fairly certain that they are going to add a running back to this room and get them started on their track because once again, I don't think that they're going to bring DeAndre Swift back just due to lack of availability. Had those conversations for the Eagles with Miles Sanders though. And then Miles Sanders put up a career year. Maybe DeAndre Swift proves this pick to be a waste and stupid. And they decide to bring him back. I just don't feel confident that that's part of their plans. So Dwayne McBride offers or um, he, he kind of shows that he can be a physical runner, but he's also pretty good in space. He doesn't have a ton of lateral agility, but he's a physical runner, and that's what this team is. It's it's a physical team. So, And that will round out my uh, my draft here. Yeah, the, the running back room is really tough to, you know, really figure out. Um, and even, you know, the Miles Sanders thing where he, you know, got hurt a bit and he wasn't really what he should have been. Um, and then he has career year, and I'm not sure he's coming back. So, and it's not, it's just 
you get priced out at the running back position. I do think he's like, you know, third tier of, you know, what the asking price will be too. And I still think they won't be giving him like seven million a year necessarily. I think it's within the realm of possibility, but still, <laughs> and at that rate, you need to just keep fleshing out and getting more talent in here. I do think Reynolds has stepped in a few times and been good, but I think McBride can be a better future piece for them. Yeah. Um, and I know we both know they're keeping three on the roster and one on the practice squad or two on the practice squad. So I think McBride could, could definitely make the roster of Reynolds, but we'll see. Um, and Laporta makes perfect sense. Like it's the same, what we just talked about, <laughs> You need someone that could be an actual offensive weapon, but still do everything they want you to do at the tight end position. Um, I didn't address the tight end position, and I, I kept looking at it. Um, but th- this is a deep tight end class, so I do think someone's going to fall, and they can take one or two shots at that in the sixth or seventh round and just yeah. go with it. Yeah, for sure. All right. All right. Um, yes. I'm trying to look at Okay. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 106 for me. I went with Tyree Wilson, uh, edge out of Texas Tech. I mean, he is the size they want, so that automatically kind of replaces Charles Harris. Uh, he's 275. Obviously, this week we'll get a bit more. I think he's about 6'6", 275, so that's the, the big edge size that you want. But he can stand up. He can, you know, he can do every little – aspect of the exposition i think he can work inside a bit as well so i think he's perfect for this kind of setup i do think he fits them slightly better than miles murphy even uh who is taking somewhat of a slide right now uh, and wilson is kind of taking that spot so i think he does fit for them perfectly i think he could come in day one be the perfect counterpoint uh to aiden hudginson i think they both can do a little bit of stand up and cover if they need to they both show effort chasing balls down so I think it's a good fit. I think he's a good personnel fit as well. Um, moving to pick 18, Joey Porter Jr., corner from Penn State. A little bit more pedigree here for this one for obvious reasons. Um, ironically, this is after the Steelers pick, so we'll see how that kind of goes. But they need other things as well. The corners, there's a lot going on in the first in all these mocks, um, but they are starting to slip a bit. And I think they can wait and get one that they really like at 18. That maybe it's not Gonzalez, maybe it's not Witherspoon. I don't think either of them have any chance of being there at 18. But <laughs> I do think that Porter could be there. I think there's a couple others that they would really like at 18 as well. But Porter consistently kept falling. And I was going Gonzalez first. And then Porter just kept being there. And it, the edges I didn't love for what they want. And I think Porter is a good fit at 18, and he would easily be your corner two day one. I do think they don't run a lot of press, so there's a few things that he'll continue to grow at the next level. I think there's a lot of really good press corners in this class. However, the NFL doesn't run press all that often, so there's a lot of transition at that regard. But I think Porter can be a vocal leader, and he's been consistent on the field. So that's what you need from this cornerback room. Uh, Siaka Ika at 24 the D-tackle from Baylor, he's a nose guard. Uh, Lee McNeil has played really well, in my opinion, and I also just really like Lee McNeil. But if you actually look at the stats, he hasn't made a huge impact. I think he can continue to grow, but Siaki Iga does have some weight concerns right now, and 
I do think he can make a huge impact for them, but I think if they have two at this moment to rotate and just continue to make big impacts at that nose tackle position while they figure out who the one is of the future, um, I, I think with bringing back what I brought back, they can let the pass rush D tackles be worked out a different way. Uh, Ika does make a difference in the pass rush when he is in there. He makes a difference in the run game, obviously, but he's not a production guy in the past game, but he blows that line way back. He sets the pocket really small. Uh, he consistently closed the pocket at every single snap that he played on third downs and just passing outs in general. So I do think he could stay on the field, but there are some concerns for him playing multiple, you know, majority of the snaps right now. But I do think this organization can help him with that. And I think they can get that guy for the future. And this is around his range. I think he could go a little bit higher. I think he'd go a little bit lower. Uh, just depends on fits there. But this is one of the better fits for him because it's the team that actually wants a nose tackle of the future, and he is that. Uh, 55, Trenton Simpson, linebacker from Clemson. Really quick. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just – so I'm just throwing it out there. that This defensive line would have then Aiden Hutchinson, Tyree Wilson, uh, Ali McDaniel, Siaki Aika – uh, let's see who else. James Houston's technically a linebacker, but he is in on pass rushing downs. Yeah, there is so much length and size on yeah. the defensive line that you have. Who else? Josh Pascal. Did I say him? Uh, don't forget Levi Omuzarike. <laughs> yeah, he's there too. I mean, like that is a ridiculous defensive line. Um, and Josh I talked Pascal. About, like this is Pascal this is, is like this. It's a strength of strength. A little yeah. bit there, but yeah, it's you're set for the future. You don't have to pick this position again for the next two drives. That's kind of what my focus was because yeah. they need to focus on defense, and that's right. basically all I drafted. <laughs> so so good, so good. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, Trent Simpson, <laughs> linebacker from Clemson. Um, again, a guy that we were pretty comfortable being a top forty pick. I'd say a month ago. Um, and that's slowly starting to slip as we have more guys from that linebacking class kind of rising up as well as the linebacking value of this class seemingly dropping down. So like overshown uh, pace, uh, there's there's multiple linebackers kind of floating up right now. And that late second round, middle second, third round is really flush with them right now, at least in people's eyes. I do think this is closer to the you know floor of where Simpson would go. I'm very happy to admit that, but he kept being there for me and I couldn't reach on a linebacker. I don't like as much <laughs> at yeah. that pick. Uh, I do think he lacks ability right now to be your Mike linebacker. So he wouldn't be replacing Antelone. Uh He'd more be rotating in at both positions as well as Sam. Uh, I do think he is honestly a better version of what Rodrigo produced this year. And Rodrigo is there you know, a really valuable linebacker for him. So I think putting both of them on the field, especially on passing downs, is an enormous, you know, just absolute win for you. <laughs> and yeah. he does help out a ton in blitz packages. I think he has – he would immediately be your best coverage linebacker, in my opinion. Uh, great hit power, and his instincts are up there with Rodrigo. So I, I do think – they like you said, they don't really care about size necessarily. So I think he is just gonna continue to be a good linebacker in the middle for you, but I don't think he's gonna be day one the best running down linebacker for you. So that's why I still brought in other guys. <laughs> yeah. 
So quickly, I have my issues with Trenton Simpson. We're not going to get to the linebacker um, position for a while on our positional breakdowns, but like this is where I expect him to go. the The whole like top twenty stuff, uh, you know. I even <laughs> yeah, and and I even wrote a mock, you know, two months ago, and based off the name and kind of how I hadn't watched a ton of linebackers, um, the, I I put him in there like in the twenties, but Simpson's got issues. Like he is not at all a perfect prospect. I do think that he's a nice guy to have in coverage. And I think that he flies around a little bit on the other side of things. I'm not certain he can shed blocks ever to be a Mike linebacker. And so at, at what point are you saying, well, I'm going to draft a, a will or a Sam um, in, in this type of scheme, or just a guy that's going to go pin his ears back and get to the quarterback. Those are valuable, but man, I just, that, that whole top, 20 hype is i'm glad it's leaving because i feel like that's right so yeah um and, and like i said there's other guys there and i'm glad you put overshot on here because we haven't mentioned him at all but i think he would also be a good fit that's why i was glad you took him um but i think this really transforms your linebacker room to what it was kind of a slow plotting just only run based linebacker room to three amazing cover guys <laughs> that are all very very fast in my room, at least, because I, I yeah. did bring in Tranquil. But I think that also gives you Tranquil to be your Mike day one, where he wasn't really playing for the Chargers necessarily, and really filling in the tackles for you, along with Rodrigo, with Simpson really rotating in and taking over and filling out his play style to fit with the Lions need more, but really changing and helping out the short game, which they desperately need in that division, and uh, giving, giving the corners a little bit more help as well. Yeah. So, yeah. and with that D line, uh, any linebacker can make a tackle. I, you could, I, I can make a tackle that's with those guys there. That's, that's I'm, true. I'm clean. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, and another guy kind of falling from other mocks, Cody Mock at 81 here, offensive line from North Dakota State, uh, former tight end, went to tackle. That's where he's a six year starter uh, at North Dakota State, or six year player. I don't think he's a six year starter. Sorry, I don't want to yeah. say that. Um, but I don't think he's played tackle at the next level, but I think he could play there in a pinch. So I do think he could be a rotational guy for you if you need to swing tackle. I do think he fits better at the inside at the next level. Uh, his lateral ability and his ability to pull is going to be enormous for this team. We know what they like to do. We know they're lethal on screen passes with Benesul. You put him with Benesul on the same side, I don't even want to know what's about to happen. But I don't know if he makes an impact starter day one for you, but – that's why I brought in Trey Turner. I think he can play that position for you this year while Mock gets better and better. But I do think he's your eventual starting right guard if it's not this year. And I think he can be your your one of the best six man, you know, of the years for us. And um, he's just going to continue to grow. And this is an organization where I think he would really fit the best. If if I'm trying to pick a landing spot for him, I think the Eagles make a ton of sense. And I think the Lions make a ton of sense. I think the Browns make a ton of sense as well. But with their limited picks, I think they're going to have to focus elsewhere. Um, you know, that's yeah. a strength, a strength pick, <laughs> you know. But uh, for the Lions, I think he could actually make an impact. Uh, he's not a guy, you know, they're not necessarily a mauling run team. You know, they, they play power-wise, but they could win with angles, and that's what he does. So, yeah. I, and I think he could give you some versatility at center too, which, again, they need. So, do it all guy for you in the third. Um, I don't think he's going in the second anymore. 
there's just other linemen that are creeping up. A lot of centers actually seemingly going in the second now. Yeah. I think Monk's going to be pushed back with versatility, but concerns at all spots. So I think he's going to continue to fall. And then at 154, Starling Thomas, the fifth, the corner from UAB. So we both picked the UAB guy. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> I didn't even uh, notice that. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed it. <laughs> uh, long arm, press corner, good size, athletic freak. And it really one of the better ball skills of the class that I've seen so far. Um I mean, he's a track athlete, so I think this week we're going to get some more hype from him. He probably won't be going to the fifth anymore, uh, unfortunately, for this, you know, mock draft show at a certain point. Uh, but really, you know, pretty good play recognition, at least at this level of competition. Really good click and close with that speed. Uh, so he's really kind of reading a little bit better. Uh, and, I mean, his best play is press. And again, it's not what we're doing at this level, but I do think he could take some snaps at uh, Nickelback day one and just kind of fight on the inside a little bit more for you and not allow the the quick release and quick plays from that slot position. And while he figures out the rest of it, because past the press, his man isn't great, <laughs> um, but the speed makes up for it. And we saw this a lot of times for this these last few years where we were like, well, he leaves so much up to chance. Uh, the click and close, he thinks he can make it. He can actually make it, but the technique I want to see, you know, grabby and technique and sloppy, and the feet are really sloppy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we I, we said the same things about Tariq on last year, and he did very last true. until the fifth, and then we kind of saw how good he can be. And so I think that might make a team take a chance on guys like that this year, maybe a little earlier. Um, but he's a, he's a little smaller than Tariq, but not, yeah. I think he's like 6'2, I want to say. Yeah, well, Tariq like 60, was an absolute freak. I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe I'm he just left a fifth based on his film, to be honest. But it's just worth noting that guys like that sometimes do last to day three because they are such a mess. Uh, outside yeah. of that athleticism, he, he's still lasting to day three. I just think he's going round four after yeah. this week, just with all the. I mean, that RAS score is going to be high nines, in my opinion. Yeah. If he got an invite, I believe he got an invite. I don't want to speak it. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I, I believe he did. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But um, either way, then I'll have a pro day, if not, and do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so. either way, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go through my new team, and then we're going to get out of here. Uh, Jared Goff at quarterback obviously uh, no. jared goff at tight end actually is what we're doing um no uh jamal williams deandre swift Dwayne mcbride as your running backs uh jason cabinda at fullback jameson williams richie james josh reynolds amon ross st brown uh taylor decker jonah jackson frank ragnow isaac sayamalo and Panay sewell that's the best offensive line in football um <laughs> i i think um close to it uh tight end what what's up? No, you're you're good. Um, Sam Laporta, Brock Wright, James Mitchell. Um, so defensive end: Josh Pascal, Aline McNeil, Levi Anzarike, Aiden Hutchinson, Romeo Aquora, um, and then Kalijah Kansi kind of rotating behind Josh Pascal is how I would have this. Um, I think you that also, you also have Kaminsky still too. I do. Yeah, I forgot to add him back in here. So. Yeah, I, I think that that rotation add in like Romeo Okora, and I think you're feeling pretty good about that rotation. 
so will linebacker i have malcolm rodriguez and demarviano overshone kind of battling for that starting spot because i don't think that overshone is going to start over anzalone at middle linebacker uh but that's who i have starting there james houston is your sam and then i went i got a little creative because just get your best players on the field and make it happen uh eli apple jeff okuda and devin witherspoon is your starters with witherspoon kind of learning how to play slot uh, I think he's got the ability. I think he's got the quickness. I think he's got the instincts. I think you could be wasting him um, with him in the slot, but you also just don't have a, a better option in this case. And then Tracy Walker and Brian Branch to round out the the secondary. Yeah, I I like your secondary slightly better than mine. <laughs> yeah. Barely because of Brian Branch and Devon, Devin Witherspoon, Devon Witherspoon. We'll never know. Um <laughs> And yeah, I think we both kind of attacked similar positions. And yeah, it's uh, this team on paper going into it, they should be a playoff team next year. And I think the oh, same yeah. for mine. Um, yeah. Uh, Jared Goff, uh, DeAndre Switch, Jamal Williams, your starters, Jason Gabedna, still fullback, Jameson Williams uh, as your starting left, uh, Darius Slayton as your starting right, Amon Ra on the slot, and your starting right. Um, with Slayton rotated in that left, obviously Reynolds still there. I think those are your top four um, with more slot and then see if I saw kept. Uh, <laughs> tight end is still Brock Wright, James Mitchell, and Zilstra. They seem to like Wright Mitchell. I just don't think there's one of the future necessarily there, but Mitchell has the best chance in my opinion. Um, line, Decker with Fleming as your swing. Uh, Jenner Jackson, Fl- Frank Ragnow. Trey Turner and Cody Mock fighting for the position of right guard and Panay Sewell. I think you could still get everything you want done in the run game as well as being a, a relatively safe pocket for golf there. Uh, Tyree Wilson, Josh Pascal, Kaminsky, Lee McNeil, Siaka Ika, Levi Wanzarike, Isaiah Bugs, Aiden Hutchinson, Romeo Aquaro, and then you obviously add in James Houston and Julian Aquaro as rushers as well. That's ridiculous. Um, again, good. strength to strength, but that's you. You're set on rundowns. You're set on pass downs. You're doing wholesale changes, and then I do think at least Ika a bit more than McNeil can make an impact if he's forced to play on the passing downs. So I think that's an upgrade there. And Bugs bringing back is a little bit better of an option on those downs as well than Abus Rike. But good lord. <laughs> um, yeah. Same thing as you did at the linebacker position, Malcolm Rodrigo and Trent Simpson. Uh, fighting for the will linebacker position as well as just I think they're just pure rotation for right now and Rodriguez I think has earned his spot but they do play a three four I think they could both play the outside position they do they kind of play a multiple for being honest but I think they yeah. both could be on the field at the same time with Drew Tranquil who I brought in who's always going to be in the field in my opinion and I think that's why he's coming here to be the leader of this defense and really clean up a lot of these plays if it even gets to him um, and like you said james houston as your sam with a rotating in i think one or both of the acquires could be cut candidates as well i just think yeah. you probably keep both if you're gonna keep one of them you know yeah um, joey porter starting corner outside as well as okuda with starling thomas rotating in there rotating a nickel with chase lucas uh tracy walker kirby joseph at free safety in a little bit of nickel, for being honest. And then Deshaun Elliott coming back in strong safety. 
with the Fiti Malafant, we went strong, who could also play a little bit of nickel. That's again, Brian Branch is who I wanted. <laughs> but I I think I, I'm glad we both went a little different there just because I'm not sure who's there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like it, it yours if you go Witherspoon at six, I think you can maybe do Van Ness or Murphy or uh, Smith, you know, at 18 or later, God. and you could still get some heavy impact at the edge position. I just think Wilson is the only one that gives you just instant day one starter game changing impact like they got last year. I didn't even think about Nolan Smith uh, just because of the simulator, but that we do have a blueprint for them to take a guy that's currently injured uh, with Jameson Williams last year. Yes. Um, and man, that might be that might be what I would redo if I if I did this again is put Nolan Smith on this team. Um, but yeah. I I will say Brian Branch is the best. Brian Branch and Witherspoon or Gonzalez are the best fits to make this team better day one. Yeah, but for sure, I like mine as well. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I I like both of ours, and we we did approach it differently, but I think we got to the same end result, and that was improve the defense because playoffs. the offense is already there, <laughs> and also let's make the playoffs. Yeah, so yeah. Which they should have. I mean, they're yeah. the eighth seed, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were right there. They were right there. So, all right. That'll do it for the Friday fix. Um, I don't know what team we're doing next week. I don't know what day we're doing it next week. <laughs> Hopefully Friday, uh, but I believe it's your pick. I picked the Lions. So, I have a fun one, but I don't know if I'm ready for it yet. So, and I'm not going to Doesn't tell sound anyone. like the Browns. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'll we'll talk about that off air. Uh, quickly, quickly, um, a Marvel talk. How what did you think of Ant Man? <laughs> I I thought it was really good. Yeah, spoiler, 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 spoiler. I know it's been out a couple weeks now, but just to be safe, um, yeah. I, I mean, it was it was good. Um, I think it leaned a little bit heavy just on visuals and had a very I mean, simple story. I mean, pretty much the story was, you know, you know, Janet's past in the quantum realm with Kang, but they really didn't go into it either. No. Nope. <laughs> so there really wasn't much story. It was more just visuals and getting to fight scenes and then fight scenes. So yep. that part, you know, for the future, I, you know, mainly just is the first movie Kang is in and then it, fleshes out more of the Cassie character a bit as well as the Janet character. Yeah. Yep. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. The more I think about it, the more I dislike it, honestly. So I tr I've tried not to think about it since I saw it. Um, but overall what they're trying to do, what they're setting up, like it's kind of cool that they use this movie to set up the future. I am excited, but I saw one review that said like, this feels like the first episode in a TV show. And that's kind of how I felt after is like, Oh, what an awesome kind of cliffhanger. Um, so I, here's, here's my thing though. They need to, they need to hit it out of the park with the Marvels later this year with, in terms of VFX, because I thought that this movie kind of looked like crap at points again. Like, so I thought it looked good um, it, in very specific parts. I also thought that like, the freaking walking building that looked like a penis. Um, yeah, it was 100% a dick shit. That's, I mean, it was a dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
I thought that looked pretty bad. Like someone compared it to Spy Kids 3D, and like when you say that out loud and you see it in your head, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, kind of yes, almost dude. the same exact thing. So, um, so I hope I hope they get that right. I hope they get a little bit better. It, Marvel's slowing down on content, um, which I think is a really good thing. We were all getting burnt out. I mean, even like you didn't watch what Miss Marvel as it was coming out because you were like, ah. I just haven't gotten to it. Like, I don't want to get to that point, and I feel like them slowing down is going to help that. So, yeah, I think they, you know, they went through a huge part of you know this whole storyline, and then they're like, okay, well, let's let's get a bunch of characters out quick so we can right. make the new stuff. And well, I think that's good in a sense. It is dangerously close to DC thought process, which we don't want to get to ever. So, <laughs> yeah. Whereas their best movie you know, candidly of the last two decades is probably coming out soon. And it's not with the best lead actors. So yeah, eh. but it looks <laughs> so good though. It looks so good. I hate that. It, it looks does, good, but then you're also going with a Batman that you're not going to use in it. So how canically is it going to be? You know, it's not, it's I not think all of them are, I think everyone's just going to get wiped. I think they're all going like, to wind up in the, like some other timeline and they're all going to be gone, including as probably, so, but <laughs> Yeah, but they, that part, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like the slowing down was a smart thing, and just focusing on the movies with, you know, a couple key shows. And I think that's, you know, like Echo seems like it's been delayed, kind of like fleshing out a bit. And they're focusing more on like Loki and the Daredevil, mm-hmm. and then the Marvels. You know, they're focusing on the bigger projects, and I think that's smart. So going forward, it'll be good. I, you know, the ending, how it finished. Not great. Again, spoilers. I don't want to give everything away or anything like that. Yeah. But if you if you haven't seen Ant Man, uh, Ant Man wins. He doesn't die. So spoiler alert. Wins, wins after handicapping. Yeah, that, Ants, that's the thing. Ants did it, and I hate that so much. <laughs> I hate. But, they, but Ants didn't win. They just kind of stripped the tech. Yeah, which made him King is. It King, I mean, King's a human. So that's, I think people are going to are think overthinking this to where true you know, Thanos is an alien and superior and celestial, not celestial, but he, he was part. Uh, yeah, it's not, I can't remember exactly what it, I but think he, yeah, he's part. He celestial. wasn't, it's not the same breed, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you know, without the tech, uh, he's not, you know, an enormous dude or anything like that. You know, obviously, you know, for Creed, he looks enormous. Well, yeah. but I mean, he's he's yoked, but he's, he's, yoked, he's not but like he's not Thanos. He's not Thanos. It's not you need 30, you know, a, a huge 10 person fight scene to scratch him. You know, yeah. that's that's really the first damage we saw to Thanos. This All is, you know, drop of blood. One, you know, this is one losing. <laughs> and again, it's mixing up shrinking and maximizing. And, you know, he kind of I don't even know if he's actually dead. He might just be trapped somewhere. That's the issue. In but... A smaller part of the quantum realm. Yeah, the I... post credit scenes made it a little hit or yeah. miss on that. But that's that's why I didn't like it because the post credit scenes it seemed like they were scared of that king and kind of like, well, he beat us, so that's why he's there. It's like, so how did Ant Man win again without the tech? With the tech, you could never win. But it's <laughs> well, know. I that's so my issue. Like he sat there until. He was his most vulnerable, then comes down, and then the ants just kick his ass after he kills a few people. Like, 
it, we we know that he killed Thor. Like <laughs> that that yeah. iteration killed he's Thor. Killed, he's killed all of them <laughs> yeah. multiple times. So That's you're what telling I'm... me he can't kill some ants? He can't kill all. I know there are a lot of ants. I know, but like, damn. I that's where like strategically it wasn't his best play is what we're getting at so that yeah that part seems awkward you know but poorly written i think i too i think they rushed it i think they were like oh we don't know how to fucking end this and then they rewrote the ending i do know that because the final scene where they're celebrating cassie's fake birthday was a reshoot i saw that was leaked so that means that they were supposed to stay in the quantum realm and be trapped there but then they chose to go in a different direction so i did think that was kind of it was a weird cop out like oh look cassie was like able to find them out of nowhere and then they're eating dinner like yeah i mean that, that could have taken a year you know like True. that True. i mean it is the quantum realm so it could have been in theory that was a few hours and then they figured it out but yeah. if you would have had to take a year and they helped them rebuild the cities for a little bit i think i would have liked it better um yeah. but yeah overall i thought it was a good solid movie i thought it did a good job of yeah. at least introducing king but the issue is we're going into just so many different ones that king. having one king. lose already <laughs> like king. the next the next kings like they have to just fuck shit up like it has to be complete destruction for really to, to reset the power of it yeah yeah, you're right. Dang. Um, I spent a lot of time doing that for, <laughs> just for one second. <laughs> uh, for one second. <laughs> yeah, King. Um, no, you're right. I, I give it three out of five stars. I thought it was fine. Like I was entertained the whole time. Uh, Nikki yeah, I, I, was super disappointed, though. I thought the, you know, zany cartooning characters, you know, Rick and Morty style, uh, were fun, especially yeah. some of the ones. I thought they, <laughs> especially... You know, the, the character everyone drank to hear each other. Thought he was, you know, four <laughs> kids, but I thought it was stupid and funny. Yeah. Uh, was... If that shows my bar. Um, I do. I did enjoy <laughs> I have holes and then he just eats people. It's like, that's sick. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. And there was a lot of like little comedy jabs, which I think is, you know, that's eight pounds. That's fine. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not the fully serious. Like, we're kind of a little tiresome of the full jokey Thor. Um, I don't think we're really gonna get that way with Ant Man. So I don't think we get another Ant Man film, honestly. Like I think I don't think so either. I think he probably dies in the next couple of Avengers movies. One of them. I don't yeah, know. he'll be he'll be in movies for a while because he's yeah. still one of the bigger names still going. Like yeah. actual actor names. Yeah. So for sure. For sure. All right. That that's that's it. But yeah, good movie. Um, you know, it dropped off at the box office pretty significantly this week. So we'll see how everything goes on on that front but uh go see it if you want if you don't want to i think you could probably wait till it's on disney plus and you'll have the same experience uh, yeah i think you could I, I watched it i'm sure you watched it in one of the nicer you know theaters so sure i think that helped a bit uh, but i think you could a little bit wait till disney plus and maybe just focus on guardians of the galaxy coming out next month yeah. or may one of the two may may which is gonna be better I saw a little, uh, I think it's doing test screenings right now. And someone I saw, I don't know for sure. I follow a lot of like leakers on Twitter. Um, Sounds that productive. Leak, yeah, they, they leak shit. But uh, they said there's a 
big movie that comes out this year that just test screened and they said one of the best. And so I'm hoping that it's Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be, but it's looks- also kind of like the completion of the story there. So they're all gonna I think die. that's why. <laughs> they're all going to die and um, we're all going to cry. So, which will be sick. Um, it'll be a good time. So, well, we, we know, <laughs> we know Batista's dying. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Not, he, he's not coming back. So. He confirmed that pretty much. So, yeah. All right. That'll do it for this episode. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with a Superflex rookie mock draft that we said we would do two weeks ago. Um, so, uh (laughs) it's gonna be interesting though because randy found a three-round mock draft so we have landing spots for a lot of these guys and we're gonna draft them based on that which so that's a little bit unique so um we will do that randy anything to add before we bounce all right for for randy hall i'm christian williams we'll talk to you guys then later